Welcome to GodPod. This is a podcast from St Paul's Theological Centre, based in St Melitus College, which is a community of people studying and teaching Christian theology here in the UK and around the world. Graham Tomlin, Mike Lloyd and the occasional guest join me, Jane Williams, in discussing God, life, theology, in fact, just about anything. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of GodPod. And today we have the well-rehearsed team of characters, players in this long-running saga of theological discourse, which is uh, myself, Graham Tomlin. We also have Jane Williams. We do, they're not very rehearsed. (laughs) We're never rehearsed. And then Michael Lloyd. Hello. Uh, No, we did once do one twice, didn't we? Because the recording didn't work the first time around. So we knew what yeah. we were going to say. We had rehearsed it and it was dreadful. And we it was were... awful, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. I mean, even worse than usual. I know <laughs> yeah. listeners will find that hard to imagine, but. Yeah. And it, and it, and it may be obvious to listeners, but the reality is we don't rehearse these at all. We literally sort of rock up and pick up a topic and just talk about it. Um, that, that may be patently obvious to many. <laughs> <laughs> But we find it's a little bit more spontaneous that way. So anyway, but um, so today what we, we started it for, wasn't it, Graham? Because we thought we wanted to talk theology to each other. It was. Yeah. And we just thought one or two people might want to listen in occasionally, which they have. And here we are. How many? 18 years later, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So there we go. And, oh, yeah. Is, that, is it that long? I can't remember how long the distance we did. We did, we did it, actually. We just looked it's because we're getting so old. <laughs> Can't go remembering things, can we? I know. So today we are going to look at uh, just one question. We've had um, uh, actually a couple of questions. We've had uh, various things that have been um, texted in either through our uh, Instagram account uh, for GodPod. And um, uh, we've got a couple of questions that have come in from listeners to GodPod, and we're going to have a chew over those. The first one is a very simple question, simple sounding question. These are never quite as easy to answer as they say sometimes seem. But the question is, what's more important, good theology or good praxis? What's more important, good theology or good practice? Well, actually, the word is praxis, but I suppose you could also talk about practice. So this is really looking into um, what, what matters most in the Christian faith. Is it actually getting our our thinking, our words, our speaking about God, right, or is it, or does that really not matter that much? And it's all about the practice of Christian faith. So um, what's the relationship between those two things and which comes first? So, Jane, Michael? Michael well, looks as though he's getting ready to answer. Go, Mike. No, I mean, just the kind of obvious thing to say is it's, it's a bit like saying, you know, which is more important, to breathe or to have a heartbeat. Um, if you don't have either of those, you're in, you're in a in bad shape, um, and and I think that's that's exactly the case here. You you cannot separate between the two because good practice involves things like prayer and who are you praying to. If you don't know who you're praying to, that's that's a drawback. It involves things like mission, uh, but what is the gospel that you're proclaiming? What is it to live a Christian life? If you don't have the theology, you don't have any idea how to do the practice uh, and similarly if you have good theology but don't practice it well um the bible has some rather negative things to say about that mm, mm, mm. I think it's like I, that. 
I suppose if I had to come down one side or the other, and I do agree with Mike that actually you don't you can't do things if you've got no idea why you're doing them. You can, but you can't sustain them. So there has to be a, a sort of a, a, a narrative, a purpose, a meaning behind what what we actually do. But um, the the early fathers were very determined, and we've had to go on fighting this battle over and over and over again. That um, loving God isn't about getting the right art isn't about head knowledge. Um, they, they're the battle against Gnosticism, you know, that there's special knowledge that makes some people better Christians than others. It's something that um, uh, that Irenaeus and others fought hard against because Christianity is for everybody um, and uh, nobody has, nobody knows it all and knowing it all doesn't make you the best follower of, of Christ. So I suppose if I had to come down one side or the other, I'd say that praxis is, is more expressive of what we believe than, um, than, than the yeah. words that mm. we say. Yeah, I, I think I'd probably agree with you on that, Jane. Now, I suppose finally, if you're looking, looking back on texts like where Jesus says, and it's, it's by their works, you shall know them. Um, things like the kind of you know book of James and what it says about the relationship between faith and works and the sense that you know without works faith means means nothing and I suppose what what that strand of teaching is trying to do I think is to is to say that that you know that um, it, it is significant that Jesus, it's not by their theology you shall know them it's not by what they say it's not by their kind of correct doctrine that you will know them it's but by their works that that that, that you know them so there's something about the practice of Christian faith the expression of love and hope and grace and the kind of fruits of the spirit of love and joy and peace and kindness and gentleness, the kind of Christian virtues, the exercise of Christian faith in practice, that is the, the kind of ultimate sign of the Christian as opposed to correct theology. But at the same time, I think I'd also want to say what Mike is saying, that actually you can't have one without the other. And in some ways, the key question I think behind this one is, what is the relationship between practice and theology? And, and it's a, a little bit of a, of a false dichotomy, they're going to have to choose one over the other. And defining the relationship between the two things is the crucial aspect of this. I, let, let me let me put put the other side for for a moment, <laughs> simply because you know you two have ganging like, up on you again, Mike. Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> you could argue, and I think I would, that theology is theo, dios, God, logos, word. It's communication about God. If you aren't living it, you are not communicating the truth about God. So theology actually includes praxis within it, whereas praxis could be praxis of anything. Um, there's there's no, no no specifically Christian content mentioned. Whereas theology theology is communicating who God is, how how through how we interact, through how we act, through our relationships, through our worship, through our mission, through uh, our ordinary living of everyday life. Um, so I want to go down on. The side of the other. I think that's very good. I, I agree with that, Mike. Um, and, but I, I think the great temptation is, um, I mean, I think um, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I, the theory is, is easy or comparatively easy and interesting. And, you know, you can read lots of books and, and it would be lovely if that was good enough, wouldn't it? It's a great shame that um, we also have to communicate what we believe by how we actually live and treat each other. Um, and it's because on the whole, we haven't done that, that 
um, we haven't communicated all we believe. <laughs> um, you know, most well, and, of us. And, and in fact, we've communicated the opposite. Yeah. So exactly. the, the divisions of the church communicate many gods. Yeah. Whereas the church is meant by its unity and harmony to communicate one God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we lie through our bad practices, basically. Yeah, I guess what, what, the, what the question is getting at is, you know, an experience we probably all know of people who have, you know, in some ways quite correct theology, if you were kind of give them a quiz, but actually whose lives show very little um, difference from any, anyone else. And um, I guess that's the question. Is it possible to have a kind of correct theology without a, a life that accords to it? Or do you think by your definition, Mike, that's actually impossible to have? Uh, I think I think that it is what I would say, and I think I suppose, and I know of course, of course, I recognise what what you're um, depicting there. Uh, somebody who's got you know, right beliefs but doesn't live them, which is true of all of us up to a point. Um, but I think I also want to say that I, I don't want to go where this is trying to push us, might be trying to push us to go, uh, because I come across a lot of kind of anti-intellectualism in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I come across people who uh, are impatient with thinking mm-hmm. um, and actually it's part of what we are called to love God with our minds in fact that's the bit Jesus added to the Shema the, the Jewish prayer based on Deuteronomy 6 he thought it was really important that we love, love God with our minds and and I want to say there's actually no tension here between the two that the more you the better you practice, the better your theology will be. The better your theology, the better your practice will be. Uh, they feed one each other another completely. And, and I don't want to be asked to choose between them. That's very interesting because, yes, I, I absolutely see that you can have a really rigidly correct practice. Or mm. at least a theoretically rigidly correct practice that speaks nothing of the love and grace and generosity. Of God, and 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 again, we've seen that in the history of, of the church, haven't we? That that people um, are, are judged by standards of a, a, a particularly a, a particular interpretation of how we must practice our faith. Um, so yes, I see what you mean, Mike. That does make sense. And I think I'd also say that um, the gospel is actually news. It's about an event that happened, and however loving somebody's life. They, you wouldn't necessarily know that Jesus was cruci- crucified under Pontius Pilate, raised yeah. on the third day. Um, and and if you if you live a terrible life but communicate that, somebody might pick it up and think, oh, that's interesting, and, and draw the right conclusions from it. Hmm. Uh, so I'm not actually pushing one above the other. I'm no. not hmm. saying you, you can't. You, you, you simply mustn't be asked to choose between those two. And I think, yeah, I think it's, <clears throat> it goes back to this point about what is the relationship between theology and practice and getting that relationship right, because they're, they're, they're different things, but they belong together. So it strikes me in some areas, you know, and a, a kind of a, a profound understanding of faith will lead to good practice of Christian faith. If you've deeply understood in your heart and your mind the goodness, the generosity and grace of God, it can't help begin to affect your own where you treat the things that you own, the people you, you encounter, and so on. It's about to flow into that direction. But I guess there are other times when actually the practice of faith helps you to understand theology. Sometimes our practice, our experience of, you know, you think, for example, of 
you know, I think back to becoming a becoming a parent and, and, and learning what it is to be a father to a child, um, helped me understand things about the fatherhood of God that I couldn't have understood without that experience. Um, and so I, I guess there's a sort of reciprocal relationship between the two. Sometimes theology leads to good practice. Sometimes practice leads to good theology and try to understand how that works. But I, I think, again, another point I want to make on this is, it's kind of, you know, there's a different, slightly different question. What comes first? Good theology, good, good practice. And I, and I think on that one, I'd probably want to say what comes first is God's word spoken to us, which generates faith, which then leads on to practice. There's a kind of order to it, that it begins not with my activity, my virtue, my piety, which somehow then leads on to you know working out a good theology it's it's we're talking here about the initiative that god takes to us in speaking his word to us in cre in creation and in in primarily in christ and our then our follow following response to that and then working out the kind of theology as we uh, as we work out what that means in, in our lives so there's a kind of order to it as well which actually starts with god not with not with me not with us definitely starts with god but do you think it's possible that the order in which we respond could depend on what kind of people we are. I mean, do you think it is possible that um, some kinds of people um, uh, encounter Jesus primarily through how they live and how people around them live? And uh, I mean, I, I, I just think that must be a possibility that um, that actually that operates slightly differently for different kinds of characters. Because the word God spoke. <laughs> was also the word encountered um, on the roads of Nazareth and Galilee. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, and you can see that Jesus's teaching was what really grabbed some people. And you can see that Jesus's presence was what um, grabbed some people. So. Or the impact on the community. You know, here was a community where Jews and Gentiles and even slaves and free people were, were living together in community. And mm. that, got people interested in what brought this about what happened so again yes i agree jane i think in terms of how somebody comes to that it may it may begin with the practice and then they start inquiring about the what lies behind it the belief that lies behind it yeah and i guess you can think of stories of people who have come to find christian faith through the practical example of other christians and seeing that difference there are others who come to faith because they engage with the ideas, the doctrine, the the you know the um the perspective that Christian faith gives to life, and that's that maybe a kind of personality character thing rather than it is a, a sort of theological order. Um, so so in terms of our response to and how we find faith, I think there is that difference of of, of, um, of personality that we bring to it. Um, I think I'd still want to say that still theologically, it still, it still begins with God's address to us. And our then response to that, which can take various forms, um, uh, rather than approach which begins with our, our our practice, it seems to me. Well, not least because our pra our practice, our character, our community life wouldn't be what it was if God had not spoken that. That because God is not a theory, is it? No. Is it? God is mm. God is living and active, um, and therefore you 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 can't just read about God or have nice ideas about God any more than you can about your best friend or your your partner yeah. um, that there's 
it, it is an active engagement that God is offering and that we are being drawn into. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a it's a it's a, a good question to put uh, because I think it makes uh, uh, whichever approach you take, it, it, this question makes you uncomfortable, doesn't it? <laughs> um, you know, I think that, that Graham, Mike, and I we, we're likely to to want to go in with the, the doctrine. Um, and be reminded because that's because we're theologians and be reminded that it also has to be practiced and equally people who just want to get on and say we don't need to think about it we just need to do it need to be reminded they it makes a difference what you believe to how you actually act so and and there are questions about you know is this practice actually faithful to exactly the reality and truth of of god Um, because we often assume that it is and indeed, a lot of people, you know, people doing the Crusades, assumed that it was. Yeah, you've got to ask some fairly critical questions of whether it actually is or not. And there may be an element of, for different people. I mean, it may be for people like us, who will tend to engage with faith intellectually and doctrinally and so on. That for us, actually, there may be a particular thing to actually think about the practice of Christian mm-hmm. faith. To make sure our faith does not become simply an, a kind of arid discussion of uh, words, but becomes something of sort of life and practice. But, but similarly, for those for whom their primary response to God is in terms of practical action and compassion for neighbours and so on, there's a particular calling for them to engage with the theological task to think, okay, well, you know, what, why am I doing what I'm doing? Where does the motivation come from? And I guess that's the other aspect of it is, is that that um, you know. What distinguishes a Christian's act of compassion from someone who is not a Christian? Because actually, they're much, pretty much the same on the surface. And if you actually, you know, you, you do an act of love and compassion for a neighbour, whether you're a Christian, whether you're not Christian, you know, people, you don't have to be a Christian to do that. What, what's the difference? And I guess the difference would be something to do with the motivation where it comes from. Uh, is this done out of not just love for that person, but love for God and a kind of response to God's grace? Uh, or is it purely, a, if you like, a sort of human action that has no none of that wider sort of transcendent dimension to it? And which is why, again, you know, for an action to be a Christian act of love, it seems to me it needs to have in some degree a kind of motivation that comes from the framework of Christian theology that God has addressed us. And this is a reaction, which is a response to God's grace towards us. Um, and that's what makes it different. Is that, is that, is that right? Uh, uh, no, I think that is right. And I think um, the, the kind of way in which we do our practice needs to be resonant of, as Christians, needs to be resonant of all that we believe about God so that it becomes a window onto who God is and not just the kind of, in the current phrase, a random act of kindness. Hmm. Uh, it shouldn't be random. It should be a part of the pattern of our lives, and p in b, pointing to something beyond itself, and something that is more fundamentally true of the universe as a whole. That it's yeah. made by a yeah. God. Yeah. Exactly, pattern of our lives and pattern of mm. of, the, of what we believe the world is really mm. like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It strikes me that you know Jesus says to us, "Love one another as I have loved you." And those the two parts of that statement are really quite important. You know, love one another. Well, you could say that to anybody. You know, that's that's a part of the kind of human thing that we we love one another. But the particular shape of that, you know, love one another as I have loved you. The pattern of love that we are to express for one another is derived from the way in which God has loved us in Christ, and that gives us gives us a shape and a and a definition to the character of Christian love. 
Um, that doesn't make it necessarily, you know, I'm not saying that Christians are necessarily better at this than, than others, but it, 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 it gives a kind of pattern and shape to it, which I think it wouldn't have otherwise, which is, what, again, back to the relationship between theology and practice. And insofar as it is as I have loved you, that means a, um, a particular role for forgiveness to play in that. We expect oh. forgiveness to be a constant pattern of that kind of love. Uh, and secondly, uh, a love of the enemy. Now that is yeah. a more, more is a rarer quality, yeah. uh, one that is found supremely in, in God, but which Christians are called to emulate mm-hmm. and, and express. Yeah, because God loves his enemies. Yes. And it is while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. Yeah. And therefore, that's the shape of Christian love, which goes beyond my family, my friends, the people I like, or the people who are like me, to the person who's not like me, the person who is even an enemy of mine. And again, not saying that people who are not Christians don't ever do that, but it, but it's 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 rarer, and it is mm. more, more obviously in kind of direct yeah. reflection of who God is. And it is not found very often in other moral schemes. There aren't many other moral schemes or, or that actually say you should love your enemies. Most of the time it's either ignore them or oppose them or fight them or defeat them. No, it yeah. is one of those places where our practice and our, our theology have tended to drift, isn't it? Exactly right. <laughs> well, yeah. we've, um, we've uh, reached the end of our time and it's an, a fascinating little discussion on the relationship between theology and practice. And um, we say, uh, we say so ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I was giving credit to the question there, Michael. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Exactly, that's right. So um, thank you so much for that question, whoever it was who sent it in. And uh, if you've been listening to this, you might want to go on thinking about that in your own life, the uh, relationship between theology and practice and which one you tend to emphasize more and whether you need to think a bit more about the other side of the, uh, the debate. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us for this little God pod. And um, uh, it's goodbye from all of us, from me, Graham Tomlin. Uh, from me, Michael. And also from me, Jane. That was GodPod, a podcast from St Paul's Theological Centre. If you want to send us a question, just email it to godpod at htb.org. We can't promise to answer all the questions you send in, but we'll certainly try.